0: the playoffs are set who's in and who's out where did he come from bubba wallace finishes third at indy and maybe the biggest moment in the lead history nascar hall of famer ray Evernham joins the podcast episode 35 of futha lead is next you're listening to racing's number one podcast the lead from the man cave of mayhem studios Here's Timothy, Here's Timothy Martin. Welcome. Welcome to episode 35 of for the Lead. I'm Timothy Martin. Oh, oh, my gosh. We got a big show ahead. Big, 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 big show ahead. Indy is over. The field of 16 set for the playoffs. That's not even the big story. The big story Ray Evernham, NASCAR Hall of Fame crew chief for Jeff Gordon. Will join the podcast in a little bit. That's right, you heard me right. Ray Evernham calling into the podcast. Huge moment for this show. Super excited to talk to Ray. Uh, excited for episode thirty-five. A lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. Huge weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, with the running of the Brickyard four hundred. So many storylines. Uh, watching that race. Uh, we'll get to all that in a little bit, but uh, some other stuff to cover here on the podcast. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter, lead. Follow us on Instagram, lead. Shop Fuddalead. Uh You can follow lead on YouTube. Uh, there's a new video out now. It's a 10-minute tour of the lead studio. Well, it's not really 10 minutes. It's like three minutes, but uh, check it out. Um, it's gotten like a 1,000 views so far, so some people are interested in the the lead studio. I appreciate it. Today's a big day. Not only is it a big day because Ray Evernham is calling into the podcast because, but it's a big day because NASCAR heat four has arrived. That's right. A day early. I know some YouTubers got it last week. I thought I was not going to get it until tomorrow, but it looks like FedEx did their job. I have in my hand right here, the package NASCAR heat four. I'm going to open it right now on the podcast. I have not seen it. It's supposed to be the Jeff Gordon cover. Super excited. All right. I'm reaching my hand in, reaching in, pulling it out. Wow. There it is. Whoa. Jeff Gordon, NASCAR heat Four. even a $50 NASCAR ticket inside. Whew. This is exciting. It's going to be a big night. Big night. Connor Bunn coming over. Oh, this is this is like a, a you lift the box up too. I mean, this is not like just one of those plastic cases. You have to like lift the top off the box to open the game. Connor warned me earlier today if I opened this, uh, I was dead. Um but how could I not not open the package on the podcast? Uh this is such an exciting moment. Connor and I've been wrapping up NASCAR Heat 3. Uh Connor's had a lot of great races. He's didn't want to run Bristol anymore. Didn't want to run restrictor plates. But uh, last night he dominated by like five seconds at Vegas. Uh, I think he, he beat me by like 10 seconds at New Hampshire. Uh, Bristol seems to be my track on Heat 4. Uh, Homestead I like. That seems to be a good track for me. I almost beat him at Indy. Photo finish at Indy uh, a couple days ago. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with my NASCAR heat three days. Connor Bunn won like five championships. Uh, it's a whole new day because NASCAR heat four has arrived and Jeff Gordon on the cover got Ray Everham on the podcast. What a show. What a show, a big, uh, big couple months coming up for the podcast too. We've got uh, the Roval coming up. We'll be there. Connor and I going to be at the Roval. I know he'll be doing some vlogging. Uh, Martinsville coming up. Tickets are secured. We will be there. Also, pretty excited about this. Um, It's kind of emotional, uh, kind of, I don't know, sentimental maybe is the right word, but a new Lead logo. That's right. Um, We were going to announce that I was going to put out the new logo tomorrow, but I'm going to push that back until next week. Uh, I really like it. It is very different than what we currently had—the the, the Lead logo that you're so accustomed to, with the tire and the picture in the middle and the word at the top. It's it's kind of a whole different different thing from that. Um, it's a lot brighter, I'll say that. Um, but I am very excited about that as kind of uh, rebranding the show, um, and as we uh, you know as the show gets to the next gets to the next level. So I'm excited. About the new logo, for sure. And uh, just look on social media because we'll be, uh, I'll be uh, putting that out there and and announcing that new logo as soon as uh, next week. So I think next, could be next Monday, could be, maybe we'll unveil it as we're doing the podcast as I'm here on the couch. Could be Tuesday of next week. I'll keep you updated on social though. I'm going to continue to tease little sections of the logo uh, for you to see. So, uh, so many storylines though. Um, in NASCAR right now and, and and that's exciting to talk about uh, looking at some NASCAR nub- Nuggets Eric Jones who got that big win at Darlington the deal is signed he's going to remain in the 20 car for 2020 one-year deal so see what happens after that uh, nothing official yet but pretty certain like 99.9 percent chance Christopher Bell going to be in that 95 car next year Going to be really interesting to see what he does in that car with uh, even more support from Gibbs based on what De Benedetto has done. Um, also, this weird rumor that came out this week, Ty Dillon said he was retiring or, you know, that's that was the rumor. Dillon says, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, uh, so Ty Dillon is just in his 20s. Uh, I'm not sure where that started, but Ty Dillon uh, going to continue to race. He's not giving it up yet. Still unclear what Tyler Reddick is going to do next year if he's going to the Cup Series. Don't know that there's room for him at, at Childress. Don't know if they're going to start a third car. When I talk to Andy Petrie at Bristol, I mean, they won him at RCR. They won him in a third car or potentially the car that Hemrick drives, although indications are Daniel Hemrick going to be back in that car next year. Uh, also reports that uh, Tyler Reddick has talked to Roush. I'm not sure what that means, where that would be. Um, is it going to be in a third Roush car? Uh, looks like uh, Newman's pretty set uh, in that sixth car, and, and Stenhouse has still got a contract, so not sure. Uh, interesting to see what happens with Tyler Reddick. Um, did you watch the uh, Xfinity race in the IndyCar series? Kyle Busch uh, got to kiss the bricks again at Indy in the Xfinity car. That really was not the storyline, though. No, uh, not the storyline this week. Uh, for the Xfinity series do you know who stole the show for the Xfinity seri- Xfinity series this week it's Mike Harmon that's right Mike Harmon stole the show apparently in practice I guess uh one car or the 20 car was slowing down Michael Annette was slowing down and Harmon kind of skimmed his back and ripped the back bumper off the car I mean didn't really do any ch- any tr- chassis ch- 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 damage but uh Michael Annette was not not too happy about it
1: been told don't argue with idiots people watch you might not know who the idiot is so had to get out of there pretty quick but uh just unbelievable these guys built a really fast race car you know we got really great power under the hood with hendrick engines and having, having speedway motors this this time here at indy but uh just watch the 20 car go underneath him going into three so i was following the 20 and he just kept coming down coming down i'm like he, he's got to know i'm here at this point and he just kept coming down and my left sides were on the curbing in the grass um he said he said spotter told him he was clear he was coming down pit road and spotter tells our spotter he never said anything just a bunch of idiots. Uh, we're going too fast to have people like that out there. And uh, if he's blaming it on the spotter, he better have someone else up there because that's what this place is all about is trusting the guy because we're not lifting. So just uh, unbelievable. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, it, it was just straight up ripped the bumper off, so there's no no damage to the chassis. So I'm not sure what we're going to be able to do, but just just disappointed.
0: What are you complaining? I just rip the bumper off the car. Give Mike Harmon a break. Do you remember the name Mike Harmon? The guy sawed his car in half at Bristol, walked away. Similar crash to like what Waltrip, Michael Waltrip did back in like 1990. Uh, that was, that was frightening. And it was funny because the, I don't think Mike, they said Mike Harmon has not been interviewed on TV since that incident that happened at Bristol. Well, he was interviewed, um, he was interviewed this weekend based on that. Uh, we're going to play his interview, which you're not going to hear the the most important part of the interview. I'll tell you that afterwards. Here's, uh, here's what Mike Harmon told NBC.
2: Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spotter said it was clear. I wasn't clear. And, you know, I, I don't want to tear my car up, tear his car up either. I respect everybody and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologized to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened. And then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate
0: that. I'm not going to take it. <laughs> uh, he demands respect, Mike Harmon, and is not going to be called an idiot. Well, he demanded that Michael and Nett show up at Applebee's for a fist fight. Uh, that's kind of what had everybody on Twitter stirred up. I mean, he, uh, said, I don't, I can't remember the Applebee's. It was some Applebee's in Indiana and, and he demanded Michael Annette be there. Um, so uh, free shout out to Applebee's who got some, uh, got some free PR from Mike Harmon. They should sponsor his car next week, actually. Uh, so that's kind of, uh, that was the funny story from the Xfinity series. Uh, Xfinity racing was unbelievable uh just their package at indy is just phenomenal cup package was really good i thought this weekend i thought it was a really good race we're going to talk about that race and then we're going to dive into uh, ray everingham who's going to be dialing in for the lead uh right after the break crash Tired of reading through stories that don't matter to you online? Do you need an app that gets you and what you want to read? Well, download Flipboard today. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can focus on investing in yourself, staying informed, and getting involved. Go to the App Store, type in Flipboard, and you can download it for free. All right, welcome back to Father Lead. we got a Brickyard 400 to talk about. We've got the playoff set. We've got uh, Ray Evernham calling in. Um, and, uh, pretty dominant weekend for Kevin Harvick. I'd say pretty dominant weekend. Uh, he dominated the race, absolutely dominated the race. What, what do we got here? I got the stat sheet somewhere here. I mean, how many laps did he lead at Indy? Uh, Ryan Blaney got by him one time. He had led 118 of the 160 laps. Blaney was second with, uh, led, led about 20 laps, um, joy the led 11 but just a dominating performance by kevin harvick other than there not being a lot of battles for the lead there were a lot of battles throughout this race and it was i thought it was a good race rank the race which we've done on the podcast throughout the season i thought this was a nine out of ten i thought this was a very good brickyard 400 sad that the crowd was not there to see it um that was really sad as, as the attendance continues to go down and down and down, I even heard uh, reports that uh, Indianapolis looking at running the road course potentially. I don't know what that does to, uh, certainly you're not going to have a crown jewel be a road course. So, you know, what what the future looks like for this race um I don't know how this race can sustain itself with with the crowd not being there. Hopefully, a race like we saw on Sunday will increase the interest of fans to come out and watch that race. Although, na- ne- next year, NASCAR are going to put that race to the 4th of July weekend. What does that do? Um, not, not sure. So, that's going to be kind of a test. Uh, great race overall. A lot of passing. A lot of wrecking. Which, uh, you know, we sometimes see at Indy. And, I mean, Keselowski. Whew. Him and... Uh, I can't remember who he got into. Uh, Eric Jones went back into the wall. Keselowski went to the inside, slammed into the tire barriers, went up on his side. A very awkward position on the wall. So Keselowski wanting Indianapolis to look at that. Oh, um, Landon Castle. I think he wrecked right in front of Michael Cozy Jr. So Cozy Jr., huge Landing Castle fan. Landing Castle said on the podcast, uh, you know, come on, Cozy. We'll get you in the pits, uh, you know. We, Uh, you know, all that stuff. He had, he had messages for Michael Cozy when I interviewed Castle a few weeks ago at Bristol. And then man, Castle just tore the wall down. Uh, I think it was turn one. And I mean, that even, even damaged the roof. It was such a hard hit. Uh, even though Kevin Harvick won the race and you know, who I think is coming on fire right now, he's won like three of the last eight races, something like that. Uh, So Kevin Harvick is finding his groove with that new Ford after it looked like it was going to be a struggle this season. Didn't didn't get any wins early. Didn't really do much early. And, uh, you know, got that win at New Hampshire and and on he went and then picked up his second Brickyard 400. The really big story. Obviously, we got the chase to talk about the playoffs to talk about what happened with that. But Bubba Wallace, man, where'd he come from? Uh, did not anticipate that. Apparently, I didn't read the practice sheets very well, though, um, before the Brickyard because Bubba was, was pretty high up on the practice sheets, showed a lot of speed, more speed than they've shown in that car, I think, since he's been in it. Daytona's one thing because it's a restrictor plate. You can kind of draft your way up. You don't have to have the best car, the fastest car to get up there. But um, Bubba, there was a moment there, I think, if we had a last another caution, he could have potentially won this race if, if, if the scenario had worked out right i mean he would have been on the inside could have made a huge dive down low made him three wide going into turn one bubba wallace could have been the winner of the brickyard 400. uh here's what he told nbc after the race
3: i don't know it's not supposed to happen according to twitter we're supposed to run 25th to 30th all <laughs> week from crash cars it's pretty banged up but King, the King, come down, give me a big bear hug. I haven't had one of those hugs since the 500 last year. So you know, it's a special day and special weekend when he's when he's excited. He's not sitting on the plane already waiting on us. Um, but we've we've had speed since we unloaded here, and uh, with this package, it kind of you know even playing field out, and and uh, we were able to capitalize. You know, a lot of guys wrecked out early. Super long race. I have to come with the radio. I'm like, it's bad when you start smelling yourself. You know, you know it's a long race. But what a hell of a day for for all of us, going from the lowest of lows almost to the highest of highs. Uh, I knew we didn't have anything for the, the 4 or the 22, really the 12, but just with this package, you're able to kind of manipulate the air. And, and uh, I gave Blaney a lane. He's still pissed off, so I, I buy him a beer. It's all right. Uh, but hell of a day for my guys, everybody on the Worldwide Technology Chevrolet, uh, everybody at Victory Junction, Chevrolet, Air Force, everybody that helps out in this program is so small, and we need everybody touching, feeling, sending messages about this car. And Hey, text Bubba to 36413 to Victory Junction to help
0: donate. Put the, for the lead sticker on the car. We'll be happy to do it. Great, one, great run for Bubba Wallace. Obviously, we've documented his struggles this year, both on the track and mentally. Uh, great to see him get a top uh, five finish. Wow, third place at the, uh, at the uh, Brickyard 400. All eyes also on Jimmy Johnson at Indy. I know our number one fan, Gabe, was watching. I was watching. Jimmy ran great last week at Darlington when we were there. Just had problems there and, and, and uh, got some damage. Was running great at Indy. And then got squeezed three wide. Got you know pushed down below the white line going into the turn. Spun. Ended up crashing. And obviously that's going to uh, end the, the playoff streak for Jimmy Johnson. Going to miss the playoffs for the first time in his career but uh you know he was not uh, he, he was frustrated but he, he's still looking forward to the rest of the season i think they could get a win before this season's out martinsville mark that on your calendars the speed is coming back to the 48 car and i think jimmy johnson is going to be uh, i think he's going to find a way to end this season on a high note before he goes into 2020 here's what he said
1: it's yeah, certainly disappointing um unfortunately you know we had about 25 races uh, that led to the position we were in here today, and, and needed a, a stellar day. And I think we're having a strong day, and just really proud of my team and where we're at and what's been going on. Um, you know, the one car had a little trouble on the restart. I'm on the inside going into uh, into the corner, and it was just just super tight. So, um, unfortunate that happened. Uh, certainly, you know, the uh, not what we needed on that restart. I, I couldn't go any lower and below the below the white line. Uh, you know, kind of get, get snipped there and turn around, and around
0: round we go. So, Jimmy Johnson not going to be in the playoffs. Uh, but, again, the speed's starting to show up in that 48 car. He's starting to run in the top 10, top five. Just can't finish there yet. Having some bad luck. Bad luck has really bit Jimmy Johnson. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be – I think he's going to show something before the end of this year is out. The other storyline, would uh, Daniel Suarez get in? Would Ryan Newman get in? Suarez hit the wall early in the race, like lap 10. Then he had, uh, was caught under caution uh, after he'd pitted. Um, then he purposely caused a caution, yeah. I mean, he just said, I'm going to bring out a caution. He's, he does what I do on NASCAR heat when you need a caution. I mean, he wrecked uh, Matt Tiff, I think, who was having a great run. Um, so Suarez caused a caution, tried to catch Newman, who somehow managed to get into the top ten. Uh, it didn't happen, obviously. Uh, so Daniel Suarez is going to miss the playoffs. He's never made the playoffs. And, uh, so kind of question mark around his ride, Cole Custer up on the spotter stand during the Brickyard, standing there with, uh, the spotters for Stuart Haas. Um, a lot of questions about where's Cole Custer going to be next year. Is he going to be back in the Xfinity series or is he going to be in a Stuart Haas car? Well, uh, what does that mean with Daniel Suarez missing the playoffs? We will find out. Of course, uh, Ryan Newman, though, the man who makes the most out of his equipment, the biggest blocker in NASCAR gets in, uh, and, uh. Yeah. Here's Newman. Well, we weren't by any means the fastest
3: car. Acorns Ford uh, was really tight in traffic. I'm sure a lot of guys were, but I think we were one of the worst. And uh, stage points kind of cancel each other out. But, um, you know, just um, excellent uh, strategy by Scott Graves, everybody at uh, Roush Fenway. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a year of progress, a year of learning, a year of a lot of things. So more rookie this year than I've ever been. But um, an ice cold Coke never tasted so good after these first 26 races.
0: <laughs> you know, Acorns, I think that's just a funny sponsor for Newman. I mean, I, I think it kind of fits him um seeing that big acorn on the car uh so newman's in uh clint boyer's in here's here's the here's the playoff field so we got kyle bush won the regular season title he's 15 points ahead of denny hamlin going into the playoffs at vegas truex is third 16 back logano fourth 17 back harvick 17 back in fifth brad keselowski sixth. he's 21 back then chase elliott who just got wrecked on pit road uh, somehow managed to get back in the top 10 at Indy. He's seventh, 27 back. Kurt Busch, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Eric Jones, Ryan Blaney, William Byron making his first chase appearance, Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, Ryan Newman. That is the top 16 as we get ready to head to Vegas. Gonna cut down to 12 after the next three races. I gotta say, uh, I don't know if Newman's gonna make it. I mean, he does some. He's done some stuff with that car. I could see him getting into the 12. Uh, it's gonna be. These are a lot of good names. though. who's not gonna make it from here? Whew, man. Uh, you know, I kind of want to say Bowman's not gonna make it. I mean, he showed that spark with all those second place finishes, got the win, but I haven't seen a lot of spark from him since. Um, he could be the surprise one that is not in the next round i could also see kyle larson not making the next round yeah i said it here's how they finished it indy so harvick got the win joey logano second Bubba wallace third byron fourth clint boyer fifth denny hamlin sixth blaney seventh uh, blaney could have won this race in my opinion ryan newman eighth chase elliott ninth paul menard Bounce back to 10th, Daniel Suarez 11th, the Dillon brothers 12th and 13th, Eric Amarola 14th. I think Amarola could be somebody that's not going to make it to the next round, too. Chris Busher um, in 15th. Kyle Busch blew a motor, second blown motor in two weeks, blew it at qualifying at Darlington, then blew it at Indy, so that's just something you don't see very often, very, very rare. All right, that's the Indy wrap-up. Wanted to get through that as quickly as possible because... You know, many of you older fans who've been around the sport like I have remember those big moments in NASCAR. Remember those magical moments uh, that you just won't forget. Uh, You'll remember where you were when. Well, the 1994 inaugural Brickyard 400 was one of those moments. Jeff Gordon, winner of the inaugural Brickyard 400, the man on the pit box that day, Ray Everham. Ray Everham will join for the lead right after the break. Crash. Tired of reading through stories that don't matter to you online? Do you need an app that gets you and what you want to read? Well, download Flipboard today. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can focus on investing in yourself, staying informed, and getting involved. Go to the App Store, type in Flipboard, and you can download it for free. And welcome back to For The Lead. It is a big honor right now to welcome in NASCAR Hall of Famer three-time championship-winning crew chief Ray Evernham to the program. Ray, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, uh, you know I think it it makes sense to start out, given that we just wrapped up uh, the Brickyard Four Hundred. To start there, and obviously your memories of Indy with Jeff Gordon getting that inaugural win in nineteen ninety four. Walk us through what that was like.
2: Well, Indy's always been a special place, uh, you know, to not just me, obviously, to, to you know millions of race fans. But you know that day was something that was really special because Jeff and I both had dreams of going to Indy someday, but never really thought that we'd, uh, we'd get there and that it was just an incredible, incredible day. Uh, As a matter of fact, we just did a uh, a kind of a half hour documentary on that for um, Glory Road, uh, our our television show that, that really went behind the scenes and talked a lot about how we built that car and the things that led up to it. So if you get a chance, uh, you know, selfish plug there, but, it was a good show and it tells a lot of things that i just don't have time to tell you uh, right now but i can tell you that that day was a defining moment in, in jeff's career my career and i think in racing in general that uh, when the stock cars went the indian the fact that jeff gordon won that race it was a uh, uh, a day i'll never forget
0: did you did you breathe a, a breathe a sigh of relief when ernie irvin had that flat tire
2: oh boy you know for Second, you did, but you know, when you're on the box you got so many things going on and you know, that took the pressure off there, but you still I never done with chickens before the hatch and I, you know, unless until that car crosses the checker flag, I mean uh, I have been so close with flat tires and run out of gas and you know, crazy things that happens and you gotta remember at that point even though you know we got Ernie got Ernie had a flat and had a problem, Brett Bodine was still catching us, so it was uh it was pretty intense.
0: I can imagine, obviously, that race—the Coke 600, Jeff's first win—that Daytona 500 when Rick was sick. I imagine those were some some big racing moments for you. Is there another race that maybe we don't think about that you often think about as your time as a crew chief? That 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 is is right there up up on the ranks.
2: I always talk about the Darlington uh, Southern 500 in 1997. I think it was our um, second, second uh, Southern 500, but. We won a million-dollar bonus there that day, and it was an incredible day because we didn't really have a good car. We struggled with that car the whole time. We had some issues during the race, and we had to continue to keep working and working. And that day, I think we proved to the, ourselves and to the people that that we could win a, a race by winning the race team and working together You know, not just having a fast car. And when I look back at that day, that, that was another really special day for the 24. 24- Team because I think we we won the Southern 500 and a uh, million dollar bonus with their sixth place car.
0: All those special moments obviously culminated in you going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. What was that experience like?
2: Uh, boy, that's something that's still hard to explain. When you you know you work your whole life in a, in a you know in, in a sport and you just hope to be able to be part of it someday and when you realize that you've had some accomplishments and done some things and touched people along the way that, uh, that, that put you in line to be in a place where you're heroes and, 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 again, things you just couldn't think of yourself ever being good enough to be in a Hall of Fame with a Richard Petty and a, and a Dale Earnhardt and, and, and people like that. And It's just an amazing feeling to stand off stage and watch, you know, look out into the crowd while you're trying to make that speech, because you're just really thinking about all the people you have met uh, along the way and helped you and and did things. It's uh, it's the highest honor I, I think that you can get in in your sport, whether you're playing football or baseball or I mean, heck, golf. It, it doesn't matter. The fact that you're recognized as one of the best in that sport and honored by by peers and and the, and the people that you've worked with and looked up to it it's an incredible feeling
0: you left hendrick obviously to start your own team one of the questions i've always wondered and it's not about you it's about bill elliott should he have retired when he did i felt like he he was so poised to make a run at that title the next year i know he had heartbreak at homestead was about to win that race i mean should he have retired when he did
2: uh in my opinion no but you know the only one that can really answer that is bill um i know that bill um at that time, you know, he had some things going on. He wasn't feeling well and realized that some of the medication they had him on wasn't uh, wasn't really possibly what he needed. But I feel like Bill, when Bill Elliott retired, he was still as sharp or as good as anybody out on the racetrack and could have easily battled for a championship. But you have to remember, you know, it, it's tough. You know, Chase was uh, young and starting to race uh, go-karts and things then, and Bill had already been in the sport, heck, 30 years and, and been a lot of time away from his family and, and I, th- I think that the burn had finally gotten to get to him, and the fact that he was able to go to victory lane and prove to everybody that he could win again was something that, uh, that helped him make that decision. But I, I really feel like we could have won a lot more races and certainly challenged for a championship with Bill Elliott.
0: Uh, Elliott kind of rejuvenated his career when he got into that car and, and started to have success, obviously won at Indy and, and had those those big moments do you see big moments like that still left in jimmy johnson's career obviously he's gone through a big slump he's missed the playoffs for the first time now their focus is kind of just winning the rest of the season with the new crew chief they've got can can you see a jimmy johnson rebound in nascar's future
2: i mean i think we saw it yesterday you know you look jimmy passed more cars on track yesterday than anybody out there that's true he was moving from the back to the front uh several times you know jimmy johnson's a unique individual you know without a doubt i'm not a major football fan or Stick and ball deals, but one of the guys I respect most is Tom Brady because of what he's been able to do and the focus he's been able to keep physically and mentally, and keeping his team together. Well, that's Jimmy Johnson on the racing side, and you know Jimmy Johnson is not that old as a race driver. He's gonna have uh, he's gonna have great days, and and moving forward, he is a very very unique and focused individual. And guys like that, you know, they they. It's not uncommon for people to go up and down and slow in you know slumps, whether they are baseball players or golfers or football players, and then they get back online. And the champions, the guys that are really good, the legends in the sport, are the guys that straighten that stuff out. They get it right and they go out on their terms. And I've watched several great guys go through that, and including my buddy Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt and and people you know that they you know those guys they can pull it back in in line and and jimmy johnson is seven-time champion and a legend he's got more left in him and and when jimmy decides to leave the sport it won't be because he's not competitive it'll because it, it will be because he knows it's time to go
0: exactly and i was at darlington too and i mean he he had a very fast car at darlington so i, I certainly agree with you that the, the turnaround is there did you ever see chad canals being a seven-time champion crew chief when you were helping to groom him
2: I did not, but I always knew there was something special about him uh because he had an incredible drive to go forward and a commitment to a goal that uh, again people who are successful have and Chad's always always had that he He was up early, worked late, worked hard and and always wanted to learn and do more. you know being status quo was never good enough for him. amazing that he has been seven time champion and and will go down in history as as one of the greatest chiefs uh, in the sport, you know, when you look at he and Dale Enman, you you got to look at okay, who are the only guys that have got that many championships? You know, Chad has done an incredible job, uh, and he, he, the one thing again that I always saw in him is that that special commitment that he had to whatever he did you know, you knew he was going to be successful.
0: You obviously watched Jeff Gordon turn into the driver that he's become today and helped him turn into the driver that he's become today. What do you think of Jeff Gordon as kind of the manager of an organization, running a team, given what Rick has said himself, that he sees Jeff taking over when he leaves? Obviously, you left the pit box, became an owner. Any advice for Jeff Gordon when and if that time comes?
2: Jeff Gordon's smart, you know, and that's what makes him, you know, he was talented without a doubt, but he was extremely incredibly smart race car driver and he's a very smart businessman he thinks things through jeff's always had an ability to look at a situation and kind of read into it he i think he he's a certainly a great ambassador to the sport but has a lot of really good thoughts on where the sport needs to go i can't think of a better person to uh to be able to pick up more of the reins as as rick hendrick lets them go because jeff understands understands the sport He's a great leader um, and he he's great with sponsors and he's not afraid to go in and fight for what he believes is right with with the sanctioning body or anybody else. so you know with me um, I don't know if I have any advice for him because he's again we, we kind of went through the sport side by side but I think he'll do a fantastic job over there.
0: what do you think about the sport today in the, in the the state of racing today versus the the 90s, early 2000s?
2: Uh, they've got some damage control to do, but again, I watched the race yesterday. I thought it was one of the better races we've had this year. Certainly, one of the better races we've ever had at at, uh, at the Brickyard and at Indy. And I think NASCAR and you know and uh, and Steve and the guys that are trying to turn it around now are doing the right things. We're going to have another little kind of a gap, uh, you know, some unknowns with the with the Gen Seven car. But if you look at the long term. Sport or motorsports in general, they've got to do it. it, it you know, it, it's it's going to be a lot like IndyCar. It's going to be you know a different world than it was, but it's still got to be about motorsports entertainment. And, and as I said, they've got some damage control uh, to fix. You know, trying to get the crowds up a little bit, trying to get the TV ratings up a little bit, but they're working on all those things. And there are some bright spots. Crowd wasn't great yesterday, but again, thought it was a great race. And when people start talking about a great race, that'll bring the crowds back. Crowd was sold out at Darlington uh sold out at you know or um, i think close to sold out at at bristol so we've we've been we've been it, it's been coming back, but they they do have to continue to work on it and the one thing we have to be careful of is that understand that we can't be all things to all people all the time you know you're not going to make every race fan happy you're not going to every race is not going to be a barn burner right, but I think what they've got to do on the whole is to keep you know, keep bringing the competition level up, keep addressing some of the things that they're addressing and, and know that it's going to take time. You know, it, it's, it, it didn't, the attendance and TV ratings didn't fall off a cliff overnight. They're not going to come back up on a, uh, on a straight vertical ramp either, but, but they are coming back up a little bit at a time.
0: Is there a driver that you look at today and you say this could be the next best, best thing that maybe we don't even have on a radar?
2: Oh wow! There's a lot of good kids out there, and you know who who would have ever thought Jimmy Johnson was going to do what he did, right? Right. You know, it, 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 he he came really kind of out of nowhere uh, from the from the Xfinity side. And when I look, I, I think that the the crop of young talented drivers out there right now, any one of them could jump up. You know, you got guys like Chase Elliott, who is incredibly talented. Reminds me so much of his of his dad. You know, Ryan Blaney. Bubba Wallace, you know Eric Jones, you know Christopher Bell, you know you, you've got uh, you, you know you, you've got guys that that are you know in the Xfinity series that that are that are great waiting to come up. I think the sport, as far as the the, the young guys that are out there now, um, I mean any one of them, any one of them could could certainly uh, could certainly come up. When I look across, you know some of the talent, you know teams like Richard Childress. Uh, has, and then you go down into you, you look at, at again just some of the, the talent that's waiting in the wings to come up to, you know over at junior motorsports and Gibbs in, in the Xfinity cars and you think wow you know this, this this sport has has some great talent just waiting to to come up the cup.
0: Absolutely. Uh, a final a final question here as we wrap this up. Talk about what you've been up to. Um, I know it's season 2 of, of Glory Road premiered recently uh, for those that don't know what the, what's that show all about and, and, and what is Ray Evernham doing today?
2: Well, Glory Road uh, is a show that is, airs on uh, NBCSN and it's really inside stories some you may have heard some not, but these are being told by the people that were there. You know, it, you know, I always say Glory Road it, it Glory Road is, is the stories told by the, the people who lived them. And the, the greatest legends in our sport telling you a story behind the scenes. So we're picking things like Inaugural Brickyard and, you know, road racing and sometimes endurance racing, and then we've got some of the, you know, the, the modified shows and the Winston Million and getting, you know, getting the Dale Earnhardt Juniors, the Jeff Gordons, the Dale Jarrett's, Kyle Petty, Rusty Wallace, uh, the Allison the brothers, you know, historians like Ken Martin to come in and Hell, what legitimately happened there? You're hearing it out of the out of the horse's mouth, if you will, and uh, so it airs on Tuesday nights at um, on NPSN at six o'clock. It's right after Dale Junior's uh, podcast, and I think you can pick them up. Uh, you know, if you go to the NBC Sports website. But I love the history, love the history of the sport, and I think it's important to document that, and that's what we're trying to do: document as much of the sports history as we can, and you know. Getting the stories told by the people that were actually there, not not you know not people who read about something or assume this. The people that were there, and you get that on camera and get those stories out. They can be uh, they can be pretty incredible. You know, we uh, we've got a great show coming up about the IROC series, and then again the advancement of uh, the generations of stock cars, what that what that was like. So you know, again, lots of lots of neat stuff on uh, on Glory Road. Absolutely. We'll
0: set your DVRs. Ray Everham, listen, thank you so much for for taking time to chat with us today.
2: I appreciate it. Anytime. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All
0: right. Thanks, Ray. All right. So nice of Ray to squeeze us in. I know he had uh, had a lot of meetings and different things going on today. Uh, We've been working on setting this interview up for over a month now. Got really appreciate his... um, his his manager, um, and who uh, who helped orchestrate this whole interview. Uh, we've been we've had a number of phone conversations to try to get this set up. Great interview with Ray. So um, so honored to have him call the podcast. Big moment for this show. Uh, great to hear his perspective on different things in the sport. And um was just a great moment. And uh, big moment for, for the lead. So uh, we are about wrapped up. We got Vegas coming up next week. First playoff race. Whew. Who's gonna win that i'm gonna say kyle bush gonna be pretty good i am going to say chase elliott's gonna be pretty good chases it's time for chase to start the streak toward the cup he could be the final four i think so i'm not just saying that because i'm wearing a chase elliott hat um but i need to see i need to see a top five finish from chase at vegas kevin harvick what's he gonna do could he be somebody who who goes to vegas and gets the win immediately advances to the next round so many storylines as we get to the playoffs we will have a, a complete wrap up of the first playoff race next Monday on for The Lead. It is episode 36, and that's going to wrap up this huge show. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Fother Lead. Follow us on Instagram at Fother Lead. Shop Fother Lead. Look at Fother Lead on YouTube. And um, be watching social media
2: for that new Fother Lead logo. Crash!